Hey pals, this is Blaine Hill coming to you from the Lake Murray Presbyterian Church and the Simply Stated Podcast. Today's February 9th, a Tuesday, in the year 2021. Uh, this morning for the devotional, I'm going to try something a little bit different. Uh, for the next few weeks, maybe, I'll try something different. Um, I'm going to do a little uh, reflection and teaching on theology, how we think about our faith in God. So that's what we're going to uh, look at today. This comes from my preparing a sermon for last Sunday on Scripture. I uh, was doing some research and preparing for that sermon, and I, uh, while I was preparing for the sermon on 2 Timothy 3.16, uh, I read an old uh, confession of faith, uh, the Westminster uh, Confession of Faith, which is very important in Presbyterian history. And so, uh, in doing that, it was, I was amazed at how helpful it was. And so this morning I was thinking about devotionals and how could I use that in, um, our devotional for you. And I, I went and looked at the beginning of the Westminster Confession of Faith. Now I'm not going to read the Westminster Confession to, Confession of Faith to you. Um, maybe I'll read a piece of it sometime. But what I'm going to try to do is just pull out pieces that will be helpful to you. Before I start, though, I want to say hi to folks who have joined in. I'm really glad to see Sally's with us and Alan and Wilma and uh, Susan um, all with us. So glad that you're here this morning while we're live. Uh, and if you catch this later, I hope it's helpful to you. So uh, the Westminster Confession of Faith it starts with a really interesting, uh, at an interesting point. Think about the Apostles' Creed first. How does it start? Well, I believe in God the Father Almighty. Nicene Creed, basically the same. Um, but the Westminster Confession of Faith uh, starts with Holy Scripture, um, which is a very Protestant thing to do, of course. Uh, but that's where it starts. And that's kind of an not with God himself, but with God's Word. Um, kind of an interesting thing to do. So what... What, what does it have to say about Scripture? What, if we reflect on God's Word, the Old and the New Testament. It lists all the books and says they're both equally God's Word. What does it say? Well, interestingly, it, it does point out that we ought to be able, we should be able to uh, know what God is like from nature, from creation, from God's providence in creation, because they show God's goodness and wisdom. But we don't. We can't. We, they're not sufficient for us. Uh, we are going to need something more, and that's what Scripture's for. Uh, I think that's worth noting, that while we um, may uh, recognize God's grandeur and majesty in looking at nature, so often we do that. I saw another bluebird this morning, and I have a devotional about how uh, wonderful that was some time ago, but it was just pretty this morning. But uh, in, in seeing nature, we may wonder at God's creative power, but they're not sufficient for us to, to fully know God and to be in full communion with him. Uh, so we need something else, and that something else is scripture. Um, so that's why we have scripture. Uh, it then goes on to point out, and I think this is really interesting, that long ago, God would reveal himself to his people. And we see that in the stories of the Old Testament. We see it starting with Adam and Eve. God is walking with them uh, in the garden. God reveals himself in scripture, or in, in history, in the course of history. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, and that's the story of Jesus Christ, of course, that God is um, present with us. Um, but, um, rather, and those uh, episodes of God being with his people are what get written down in Scripture. 
That's what uh, gets written in the scripture. So Abraham has this experience of God coming to him and to Sarah when their names were Abram and Sarai, and God transforms their life and gives them a future by giving them a family. Um, well, if that happened to them, that would be wonderful, and it was told person to person, but eventually it needed to be written down so that we could know it too. And that's how scripture functions. So uh, scripture is a record of what God has done in the past. Scripture records God's activity with God's people in the past. Um, and that brings out something really important. Sometimes, as Christians, we can take the Bible and treat it like it is by itself holy and perfect. And I'm not saying it's not, but it's important to remember that this book is a created thing. It's something that God made, like the sun and the moon and you. It's a created thing. It's not God, God's own very self. It's not God himself. And Maybe that seems so obvious to be silly, um, but it's not. So we can turn anything into an idol. If we can turn uh, animals into idols or uh, shiny metal like gold into idols, surely we can turn something that is actually sacred into an idol as well. Um, that what we need to save us, what we put our trust in, is not a what at all, but a who. And the point, the function of, of Scripture is to be useful to help us know what God has done in the past, to know God in our life now, and to know where God is leading us into the future. So um, for that reason, God set down, had set down, caused to be set down the stories of his interaction with people in the past. And that leads us to another important point. For us to really comprehend scripture now, we need God to be at work in our life. And that's called the illumination of the Holy Spirit. In Presbyterian churches and other churches too, uh, before generally before we read scripture and before the sermon, we stop and we pray. That's called the prayer for illumination. And in that prayer, we typically ask God simply to send the Holy Spirit to move in us so that we will understand what God wants us to understand from the scripture passage and from the preaching about the scripture pa scripture passage or passages. So we, we can't just pick up the Bible and read it and come to saving faith. Uh, we need God to be at work in our life. And that's an important point because uh, it reminds us that it is God who saves us. And certainly not ourselves. Goodness no. But it's not even scripture that saves us. That's the tool God uses uh, to, to get at our heart and draw us back to himself. Uh, but remember, when you encounter something in Scripture that makes you go, oh, whether good or bad or startles you or, or comforts you or convicts you, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. God's actively at work in your life. That's an important thing to know. Now, of course, that, what, what that means is when we long for God, when we're heartsick or grieving or struggling, uh, and we need God to be at work in our life, we, we can have that. And the way we can have that is by turning to Scripture. Now, it's... We can't, sometimes God will be quiet, and that's uh, part of the struggle of faith. But when we know we need to contact God, we can go and uh, go to Scripture, and we can uh, count on trust, not just in the words, but in the one who gave us those words. Um, the last thing I want to point out about Scripture is something pretty obvious. Sometimes it's hard to read. Uh, it can be very difficult to understand. 
So what do we do? And some passages almost seem impenetrable to us, maybe because we don't know the history or the context or uh, they're, uh, they seem to say things that startle us. It can, it can just be hard to know how to understand Scripture. So w- w- what guides us to understand Scripture? Well, Scripture is the best interpreter of Scripture. Well, well, that sounds a little bit circular, doesn't it? So let me expand a bit. What that means is when you come to a passage of Scripture that you are struggling with, the first place we should look in other to understand it is another place in Scripture. So that when you're struggling to understand something in Scripture, a good, good thing to ask ourselves is, what is a, a Scripture that can help us to understand um, this passage? Um, what, what's an example of this? Well, let's, uh, let's look at, uh, well, let's look at Leviticus. Uh, there, there's a place in the 19th chapter. There's all kinds of, to us, peculiar rules and laws in the book of Leviticus. Um, and, um, it says, uh, oh, I'll try to find this. Oh my goodness. Where is it? Uh, oh, there's one about cloth. I'm so sorry. To, well, I'll find that later, maybe for next time. Um, uh, you sh- oh, here it is. I'm so sorry to delay. It's in verse 19 of chapter 19. You shall not put on a garment made of two different materials. That just seems so strange to us. What, God hates polycotton? No, that's not it. Uh, but um, so how do we make sense of that kind of passage in Scripture? Well, I'll s- shortcut. It's a purity code. But at the middle of this uh, chapter, uh, we run into something... Uh, very important. It's this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So maybe that, that, that passage might be uh, not the best example, but we see in the middle of the, of the chapter, love your neighbor as yourself. And then there are all these rules that may or may not make sense to us. But we can start at the central place and say, okay, I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself. Now you know where Jesus got it. And we can say, okay, what does that mean for how I interact with other people. Here's an example that um, maybe is a, a little helpful. Do, do you know the story of Jesus in the temple in John's gospel? He clears out the temple, makes a, uh, oh, my phone is ringing. Sorry about that. Um, the uh, He clears out the temple, makes a, a, a piece of rope into a whip and drives animals that are being sold in the temple out and he knocks over the furniture and makes a big mess. It's a pretty harsh thing. Does he hit the people? I, I kind of think he doesn't because that's assault. Uh, and they would have arrested him. So um, how do we make sense of, of that? Well, we know um, that Jesus uh, said that, um, he, that that he defined his life by love. And so we can ask, in what way does this show love, driving, clearing out the temple? How is it loving for him to clear out the temple? And uh, maybe we don't know the answer to that. Uh, we, we just sit with it and ask for a bit. And then, you know, uh, gets, then we can learn, well, you know, people were ripping off poor people with that market inside God's temple. And so Jesus is angry because he cared about, loved, uh, poor and impoverished people who had, uh, sacrificed to travel to the temple and were being taken advantage of. So understanding that Jesus' ministry is focused on love, they'll know you're my disciples as you love one another. So love is the central tenet of Jesus' work. It helps us to understand why he's beaten up on, you know, be driving animals out of the temple and knocking furniture over.
Well, I hope that example helps you a little bit, but take away the idea. When you struggle with Scripture, ask, what part of Scripture will help me see this more clearly? Well, a few more people have joined us, and I just want to say hi to them. I see Jewel and Laura and Tom and Lucy uh, have joined in, Bonnie as well. So glad you're here. Um, and uh, I, I hope this little bit of devotional uh, was uh, helpful to you and maybe caused you to think a bit more. I'm going to try these uh, for a few weeks. So let me know what you think. You know, if you prefer me um, just going with a verse from Scripture, that's fine. But I thought we'd try this for a bit, to look into an old confession that has some insight for us. Uh, what's happening in the life of the church this week? Well, I want to tell you we're having worship on Wednesday, uh, tomorrow. That'll be online. Here you can get it on Facebook or YouTube, uh, either one. And you don't have to be logged in to see those, uh, though you can interact more. That'll start at 630 um, uh, tomorrow night. That's the 10th of February. Next Wednesday, we're going to have a drive-in Ash Wednesday service. So if uh, you want to be a part of that, uh, that'll be the 17th of February that begins the season of Lent. We'll have a drive-in Ash Wednesday service and impose ashes uh, probably with Q-tips. What a strange world we live in now. Um, anyway, that's that's the plan. Um, and I think that's it. Why don't we pray together and, and then we'll go about whatever God may have for us today. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the gift of Scripture that you have caused to be set down what we need to, to know you and to receive your grace, love, mercy, and salvation. And we thank you that you continue to give us your Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that gave us Scripture, to help us understand. We pray that you would pour out Scripture on us to uh, know you more dearly, more, more nearly, and follow you too. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good to be together this morning, and um, I hope to see you soon one way or another. Bye now.